before I start this podcast, I want to have a little trigger warning because we're going to be talking about sexual assault and sexual abuse in this podcast. So if you find this topic triggering, I do recommend you go listen to any of my other podcasts that maybe is less triggering. But today's podcast, I'm joined with a friend of mine, Caitlin. And like Caitlin and I go way back, like way back when, before I went to university, Caitlin knew me when I was going through my awful teenage sort of adolescent (laughs) period. So I'm really, really excited to get Caitlin on the podcast. We are going to be covering topics that maybe seem a little bit taboo. So this series that we're going to be doing is all about women's sort of health, women's health stories, anything we can do to put women at the forefront of this podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome Caitlin to the Traders Life podcast. Hello, Caitlin, and welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. You're such an activist for women's rights and ensuring that women actually have a voice and Mm. to be able to share your own sort of experiences I'm sure it will help so many women out there so kudos to you for being brave enough to share your story (laughs) oh my god I've never been called an activist before that's such a wild thing I never ever thought anyone would call me that but no I'm really really happy to be here and just share my experiences with the world and what it's like to be a woman today if you don't mind I I hope you're ready to like chat about yeah. the what happened. So I don't really know how to go about the wording and stuff like that. Oh, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so can I can I just ask like first and foremost, mm. what made you decide to come out in the end? Like to say, you know what, I need to share what happened. So I can't remember exactly because I know that it was around the time that Sarah Everard woman got murdered by, um, I think it was an off-duty police officer. And there was things going around and a lot of men in particular, there was women doing it too, but I found it was more predominantly men that were posting saying that it didn't happen around us and where we were from, because I think it was in London where this had happened. But obviously that's an extreme case. So but it's not something that's a minority. Things like this happen all the time. And I was just obviously hadn't long just gone through my court case and I was feeling really alone, even though I know that like all my friends have some experience that is awful. But online, I was like, everyone was commenting saying like, oh, this doesn't happen around here. And I just got really fed up. So I decided to post... um, my experiences and it wasn't like just about the one because it's never just one experience there was a few things that's happened to me since I was really young that has kind of changed who I am today and I decided to go ahead and speak about all these experiences online and not that it went like crazy big or anything but I had so many girls in particular and women Um, that were local to me and that I'd known in my messages in the comments saying that they had experienced and lived through basically the same life that I had just with different men and this sounds really weird and not horrible but just I felt less alone which sounds like you know I want people to have this experience that's not what I'm saying I'm just saying that I know that it's common and it's not just me that it happens to. So maybe I did it for a selfish reason. I don't know. But I did try and put some um, 
I can't remember what they're called, like resources at the end for different types of sexual abuse. Like, uh, uh, so anyone could reach out to that because obviously I'm not a professional. I could never really deal with some things so severe. So yeah, I just decided to do that. And it just kind of made my experience shared, I guess, yeah. if that makes sense. Well Honestly, like, I don't think it's selfish at all that you shared your story. Like, to me, what's selfish is a man who thinks that he could do that. So he's got these, like, you know, urges and desires to do something. It's really selfish that he thinks he can do that. Every single day I go on a run, a man will be, like, catcalling me and stuff. Like, like that's not okay. And, like, the, you know, it's... It happens to like every every girl I know has yeah. had it in some shape or form. So being able to share your experiences will allow another woman to be like, okay, maybe I can share my experiences mm-hmm. and then it won't be normalised because it's not normal. Like, mm-hmm. this society is messed up. It's so <laughs> messed up. So messed up. <laughs> like, it's so messed up and, like, do you know the post that you posted um about like what you're you're mentioning about that yeah. post it shouldn't be an out of the ordinary post like women should yeah. share their experiences and I'm really glad you did because that shows how brave you are and it shows that you haven't let this person win like because mm-hmm who are like men, women, whoever, who are the abusers, they'll mm. want to silence you. They don't want you to, they don't want us to share the experiences or anything like that. So mm. how many years was it before you decided to share your experiences, like about what happened? Um. Well, obviously the experience itself, it's such a long one because I had a court case. So the actual event of the um, assault happened, so I'm 22 now, and it happened when I was 16. Um, It was a few weeks before my 17th birthday, so that was probably 2018, but like in start of February. Uh, I think it was like February 2nd, which is funny because it's ingrained in my brain. Anyway, so that I, that happened then. I went to court when I was 18, which is another problem. Way too long to have a court case, especially because when I'm at that age, even though this is all something that I'm thinking about, and it's not anything that should impact the case, but I know that it did. So when I'm 16 to when I'm 18, I look a lot different. And in that time... I obviously have had to deal with this in different ways. And I've obviously tried to make myself a better person. I've tried to heal from it. Obviously I wasn't healed, but I was trying so, so hard. And because obviously before you go to court, you speak to like police officers and you speak to, um, I don't know if they're called like investigators or whatever, but I had to repeat my story about 10 times and it became completely numb to me I was just repeating it and repeating it as if it was a script it wasn't anything that I had any emotional attachment to repeat in the story obviously I was truly hurt from what had happened to me like physically and mentally I was not well for a really long time and I'm still still at healing now but I think that had an impact on how it was um, presented in the court because I just said what happened to me I just 
spoke about it yeah I broke down towards the end but that was only because the cross-examiner was really going in on me and it was really hurtful but that's another problem that I have with these court cases and how long I know that it's a big issue and I can't fix that but how long it takes to go to court is just oh it really really impacts your verdict and I, I am convinced that's another reason why I got a not guilty verdict anyway back to your question so I posted this in 2021 so quite a while after it happened um so 2019 was the court case when I got the not guilty verdict and then 2021 so yeah it was a couple of years that I had um and it was a couple of years before I'd even really spoken to some of my friends about it you know like I remember telling a few of my closest best friends I think I told like two people maybe and my workplace at the time because I worked next to um the person's home but yeah I wasn't I wasn't very open about it for a long time it's it's really hard to talk about stuff like that like it really really is and like when you said that you had to repeat the story like people do get numb to stuff because at, at that point like it happened do you know what I mean like I know it's not the same thing but like when I talk about growing up in foster care and like the abuse I suffered I just say like well this is what happened because I've said so many times to so many people to like police officers like everything it's just like this is this this is it like I you try and like move the sort of emotional attachment from the story and like you know, I don't think people ever truly, you know, get better or fully heal from traumatic experiences like this. And no. I, I didn't realise that um, the person who assaulted you um, didn't go to jail. I genuinely thought. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's shocked me, like makes me physically sick because like you're going to be hurting for for ages forever basically that's always going to be a part like of you in your brain somewhere and that person's mm-hmm. just walking free like mm-hmm. that's awful have you actually and it, it's interesting because it it's happened in the area that we grew up um mm-hmm. did you see the video that went a little bit viral and it's about the man who basically was sexting teenage girl yeah is it the one that's like in Drach yeah 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 yeah. I've seen that it's crazy I was just like that's just one man there's gonna be so many men in the area that probably do the same thing I don't know what's so funny it's not funny I say funny but I don't mean funny the day the like not day a few days before what happened to me happened um this huge thing happened in Croissants in McDonald's and this guy was caught messaging um some really really minor I don't know if it was a female or male um child but they were caught essentially and there was a huge thing it was all over the news and there were so many like police cars in McDonald's and they caught him and that happened so obviously that was a big talking point for all of us and the guy who like assaulted me he literally because he's a he's an old guy he said oh I don't understand why they feel the need to go for young girls or young boys they've got plenty of people their own age and then not even like a week later he assaulted me and I was only 16. Oh my gosh 
I know that's why I say it's not funny but like like what are you saying that's actually crazy I remember actually I read a statistic and I can't remember off the top of my head but when I find it I'll pop it in the description box of this podcast and it was something about like over half or way more than half maybe it's three quarters of sexual assault and rape cases are um done by people you know so it's not a random person on the street somebody's obviously been plotting that in their head for a long time that makes me feel so sick to my stomach like so sick and like I cannot believe that man said that and then did that to you like Hmm. well the first time so obviously this guy um he was a very close essentially not family member but family friend I guess I'm supposed to say um I'd known him since I was about two years old so he was a prominent figure um in my life growing up we weren't close close but he was I can probably say it he was my grandfather's partner a grandmother's partner so he was they weren't married he wasn't my step-grandfather but for someone to be in my life for that long to me I think yeah you're like my step like yeah that's how I see it I wasn't allowed to say this on when I went to speak about him uh on Espadarac yeah so I don't actually know the rules because he's had a not guilty verdict I don't know the rules about it um, I don't really care like personally I wish I could name and shame him I wish I could stand outside his house with a sign but <laughs> you know what I mean I can't do it so yeah um, he had seen me he, I grew up and he was there and the first time that I ever remember being alone with him is the time that he assaulted me mm. yeah oh my gosh I'm yeah gobsmacked so he he would have had that planned for a long time just sort of waiting for the right time I don't know whether he thought that it was okay I I used to I don't do it anymore because I'm past the point of trying to understand why he did what he did um I used to think that maybe because we weren't blood related that he thought it was like it he could do it I don't know and because I was 16 he thought maybe yeah that's fine but couldn't tell you couldn't tell you it's just wild it's it's not okay and it will never be okay and I think that's why sharing your story and stuff on like any sort of platform is absolutely essential to raising awareness like literally like a a figure who'd been in your life for that long you would think that there would have been some sort of trust there or something Mm. like that and mm-hmm. obviously you would have felt maybe somewhat comfortable enough in his presence to be like, right, I can be alone mm-hmm. with him without anything dodgy happening. And mm-hmm. what happened is complete, completely messed up. And I wish you, I could stand outside that house with you. <laughs> yeah, I literally would. I'd get a film crew and everything. I'd be like, this Honestly, is... Yeah. yeah, I literally would. But if you don't mind me asking, and I know I haven't like put it in like our question list or anything, but how would if how did your family take that? Because that's like somebody who's been in their lives for so long as well. So I'm I know that I'm really really lucky, and not everyone has the same support system that I do. So uh, my grandmother, who was essentially his partner, whatever. 
straight away she <laughs> he'd have been arrested that night and um she went to his because they had two separate houses kind of um she went to his got all her stuff wrote an angry note and was like you filthy whatever and then left him straight away not that was my biggest issue was that nobody would um believe me even though I know that they would have and I've like I said I'm really really lucky with my family um but yeah no everyone everyone was really supportive it was a heartbreak my grandmother um she didn't she couldn't talk about it to anyone for a while she only would get comfortable talking about it to me and then I was trying to heal at the same time and then I would see the devastation on my grandmother like when I first saw her after it happened she came straight to my house and my whole family came over um and she just I've never seen her cry she's like the strongest woman not that crying is weak but she was one of those women who just gets on with it you know yeah and I saw her and she bawled her eyes out and it was the most heartbreaking moment even though I'd just been assaulted myself to see my grandmother apologizing to try and take any type of blame for it it was literally the most hard and I felt guilt then not that from her but I just wished that it didn't happen so that she didn't have to feel like this it, it was a really messed up time for me I think because I was trying to navigate all these emotions and try and not feel guilty for it but I couldn't help it because I saw my grandmother alone for the first time and I just oh I hated it but my my dad, I really thought he was going to really go to his house and kill him or whatever, because he's always been so protective of me ever since, well, all three of us and my mother. He's a very protective person with his family. And he handled it the best out of everyone. He was like, no, we're going to have to go through and sit this out and go through the court case, because he wanted him to go down, obviously. And he thought that if we did anything else, it would completely ruin our chances of a guilty verdict even though we didn't get one but yeah my my mother she was great too um she struggled a lot with it I can tell that she didn't do that uh in front of me I think as I got older now I can speak about it a bit more but um I didn't really speak about it to them for a while but my si my sister she really struggled with it obviously she she was only probably 14 when it happened to me and my brother doesn't really know about it he's he's a lot younger than me he's only 14 now so he knows that there was a guy that did something bad and obviously the program is up for anyone to see it and my instagram he follows me but he's a 14 year old boy i don't think he's looking at my instagram you know what i mean he's probably embarrassed of me but yeah um my family members, I am just so, so happy to have had that support system because if I didn't, then I probably, well, I didn't oppose it myself, but it, it wouldn't have gone as far as it did if I didn't have the support that I had with me. Yeah, I, th I think having that support network can really make be the difference, do you know what I mean? And like, I, d I don't want you to take any blame for like what happened. Yeah. Like, it's like not a you thing and like, when you mentioned about your grandmother there I was like in her mind she's probably like she brought him into your life so that's probably why she I know yeah yeah that's 100% what it is 100% but like again it's it's not her it's just this sick man if it was if it wasn't you it was going to be somebody else he, he if when you're built with that in you like it doesn't matter who it is do you know what I mean 
because that's something that got me through it because obviously I have a younger sister and I have a really younger cousins who used to stay with my grandmother and stay at their house but they, um, and I just thought if it's not me it would have been someone else and I don't know if anybody else could have maybe handled it so I just I know this is weird but I just got me through it I was like I have to carry this I have to I have to have it happen to me because then it won't happen to them even though that's not the case anyone could do it to them but it's just something that got me through it and yeah it was just easier having that in the back of my mind like I'm doing this for everyone kind of thing yeah definitely and like even sharing your story on Esperdirac and stuff and like if you don't mind if I can find it online I will put it in the description oh yeah go for it go for it people can like give that a watch and stuff because like it shouldn't it shouldn't be normalized and none of this is norm should be normalized and I don't know if um you know these statistics but I'm just going to read some stats to just show like how fucking mental this world <laughs> is like so one in one in three women experience some sort form of violence from an intimate partner one in four women have been raped or sexually assaulted one in six children have been sexually abused and one in two rapes against women are carried out by their partner or ex-partner 98 percent of adults prosecuted for sexual offences are males six and seven rapes against women are carried out by somebody they know that was the fact i was looking for yeah, yeah. and um one in three adults who are raped in their um one in three adults who experience rape are raped in their own home yeah. that's disgusting like actually disgusting like and i i actually hate the fact that we have done a podcast about this like because i wish we hadn't but not like that we yeah. hadn't i i wish that we didn't feel a need to didn't have to yeah and like do you know much about like the me too movement and stuff like that well i post when i posted my post about my experience yeah. i used the me too hashtag in it and then i in not many of them but in some of the comments and some of my messages the me too they were they were saying me too literally and it's just i don't know the history but um well it was it was coined way back in 2006 on like myspace which i never even used of myspace <laughs> okay. i was like myspace what the hell is my <laughs> but um <laughs> i feel like it's like a tumblr or something or like a messenger i don't know anyways it was a social media thing and it was um got posted originally in 2006 and then it got used a lot more when this quite famous public figure used it in 2017 so it's only really been used um a lot in the last five years which mm. is like crazy but it shows that like how even in 2006 there were women like me too me too me too and like you know this has been going on for years and years and not to say that you know it's okay because it's been going on for years like it it shouldn't be okay and like it makes me scared and I don't know if you feel the same like as a woman like I am so terrified to have kids of my own not yes. exactly not because you know I'd be a rubbish mum because I'd be I'd be a great mum it's, yeah. it's what out is out there like it terrifies me yeah. and like, 
if this is us in this generation, you know, we've got like AI and all of that now, like what is going to happen in like the next 20 years? Like it's going to be out of control. Yeah, I could. I don't know if I could have a kid. I really don't. I I don't think I have it in me to let them do what they want to do. I have a younger brother and I, if I had my way, I would just keep him inside all the time. I'm so scared of something happening to him. Obviously, you can't let that control you. I don't do anything about it. But I just, if I had a child, and I know this sounds horrible, but if, especially if I had a girl, I would be petrified that someone would... It does happen to men too, it does happen to boys too, but obviously the figures are a lot higher. But oh, I would be so, so petrified that I just don't think... I could do it. I really don't think I can have a kid. But I only felt, I've always said I want a child. And then as soon as I got assaulted, as soon as I had to go to court, I've always said, I don't think I can do it. Yeah, because like, it, you've went through like the worst mm. experience a woman can go through. And like, I genuinely don't know how like your, you know, your mum would have felt or anybody mm. like that. But like, it, it must have hurt them so much because they brought you into this world do you know what I mean so it's like you know there's lots of like people feeling guilt but like you shouldn't feel guilt your parents shouldn't feel guilt your mum gee should have never felt guilt it was it's this the only one person who should have felt guilt probably feels no guilt at all no definitely feels normal he's just like oh whatever what it happened and do you know as well like and there's something that a lot of like it piss me off when like on nights out or whatever and like I barely go on a night out like my last night out now was like three years ago or something because I'm terrified of it but when they say they were asking for it no Mm. I wasn't asking for any of this like do you do you think that I want to be assaulted because no woman in their right mind wants that no and it's absolutely like you've got to be like hella like delusional to think oh they've they've given me the eyes you know what Mm -hmm. I mean no no I haven't like and it's it's just I don't know I I could rant about it for days Mm because actually it's never I've never spoken about it publicly before but the first time I was sexually assaulted I was eight years old and it was by my two cousins and I went to the um, police about it when I was about 12 and there was nothing they could do about it nothing and I was like so you're telling me that like these two people who abused me are walking on this earth free? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah they are and like it's just so makes me feel physically sick because you could walk past hundreds of men and I could almost guarantee that over half of them have assaulted a woman in some shape or form. Can I ask you about that experience? How, what made you decide to go? So I went four years later because I was living in the abusive home. So like, uh, I couldn't just go, do you know what I mean? Like, I was so young, like it was eight when it first happened and they went on pretty regularly for a long time and like for a long time as well I thought it was normal because they they were both doing it to me separately so I Uh, really must be really normal and then I left that foster home and it's the it was the same home that I got abused really badly by my auntie as well so 
I call that house the hell house because yeah. I went through hell in that house. And mm-hmm. when I was 12, I got like taken out of that home. And it sort of all came out, everything came out so organically. So mm-hmm. basically one of my foster parents, um, it all started by, she said, you know, good night stuff. And I asked like, can I have my calp ball? And she was like, what do you mean? And I'd been having calp ball every day, like a lot of it before bed for six years. So like, that was the first sort of thing that made her question like, what on earth, like what's going Mm. on? And then from then on, like it all just came out. And then I spoke to my sister about the assault that I went through. And she went through the same thing, but like, we didn't know that we were both going through it until we, after we were like, you know, if they've done it to us, they're going to do it again. And then a couple of years later, actually, I was like, okay. um, And this probably is completely fucked up. I wanted to see what they're doing because I wanted to block them on Facebook. So I had to type their names in and one of them had a little girl and yeah and i was like i i can't like think that she is gonna go through all of this with this man but he i had no proof no evidence because it happened so many years ago that nothing got nothing happened and it it actually makes me feel sick that they're still working walking this planet like so sick are they a lot older than you one of them is six years older than me and one of them's the same age as me, um, which makes me even more sick that he was literally eight when he thought, like, sexually. Do you know what I mean? Like, so young. So I don't know if he, like, knew what his older brother was doing or anything like that, but, yeah. So basically, it was just a just traumatic sort of, like, place to live and like I talk now openly about like how school was my safe place you know what I mean because having like all of this going on in the house and social services you know they put you in foster care so I was in foster care with these people even though they were related to me it's called kinship care um basically they put you in there in foster care to like take you away from like abuse and substance misuse and all of this stuff but they'd actually taken me from one pretty awful home straight into another way worse home and like I talk about this with my sister like not regularly because um it's just sometimes a difficult topic to talk about with my sister she remembers the first time it all happened the first time somebody like hurt her and stuff and like I remember just before I moved into the really abusive home, I was in like respite care. So like Mm. I was living with a family just until they found us like a longer term family, if you know what I mean. And I remember the day that I moved and I was like, I can't wait to like live with my family. It's going to be so amazing and all of this stuff. And I remember saying to like the my foster parent on the day that I moved I can't wait to like move in with my family like it's going to be so amazing to live with my family and stuff like that and actually that was the place where out of all of my foster parents that I had the most trauma Mm -hmm. and it's just like absolutely crazy like I 
mentally don't understand how people think like that like it's like what especially like you would you would have been 16 mm-hmm. I when the first time like I received like abuse abuse I was six mm-hmm. and we're kids do you know what I mean like in the grand scheme of things we're 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 so young we don't know what's going on and then people think oh right well we can just take advantage of these young people because nobody's going to believe them because they're young and i i don't get it i just don't get it and like yeah there's so there, there could be so many times where i could say something that's happened to me where a man is like cross the line and I'm sure there's millions of times that you could say that like what was the time and I remember seeing it in your post about um when you were waitressing oh my god so I still waitress now I've been waitressing since I was about 14 15 long time everyone has to do it um fine I in in just in my experience with waitressing and all my girlfriends who have done the same thing I could write a book <clears throat> that's taking out the the big sexual assault that I experienced just based on working in hospitality I could write a book on how the men have treated me uh, in the workplace so my colleagues outside the workplace honestly I have experienced uh, and from such a young age, I remember this sticks with me forever. My first ever job. And <laughs> I don't think my dad remembers this, but I was working. I was about 15. I think I was 15. And I was working behind the bar. Don't get me wrong. I know I'm not supposed to be behind the bar, but nobody really cares. Anyways, I was serving this guy. He must have been in late 20s, early 30s. And there was like a group of these guys. And my dad was there with his friends. And this guy tried saying some stuff to me and I can't remember exactly what he was saying. All I remember is him handing me his keys and was like, oh, you can drive me home. You can stay with me. And just being a weird perv, my dad gripped him and literally pushed him across by the bar and was telling him to like, leave me alone. And he probably doesn't remember this, whatever, but oh my God. And then he used to come because I used to work so in my village there's only one restaurant um which is actually run by a guy who's been convicted of sexual assault so I haven't oh honestly I could go into so much depth and detail just in my village it's crazy and I have like I live in such a small place and this is why I thought it was so important to speak about my experience because sorry I'm going off on a tangent but it's so important to speak about my experience as a Welsh girl in rural Wales because they don't think it happens. They don't think that this type of thing happens. And my dad used to walk down and he'd walk me home every night after my shift. Did he? And that's like the bare minimum and men should do, like, he's my dad, he's going to do that for me. But he, I didn't I didn't understand. I was like, I can walk home by myself, like being a stroppy little teenager or whatever. But I used to walk home with him every night. Or I remember his friend would be there as well and he, they would walk me home every night after my shift it's actually crazy like genuinely crazy you know there's so many like things now where um like I wouldn't say like helplines but I guess they are like um things in place to try and help women feel safe Mm. like you know like the phone call that you can do ring a friend or something like that just to talk to Uh, there's probably like loads of stuff and like 
what will make women feel way more safe is if men weren't perfs. Oh my god, I was just gonna say these these little things that maybe the government have put in place or whatever, they're all well and good, but these men are still gonna attack us. They don't care if I'm on the phone. They mm. don't care I, like they don't care what I'm wearing. I could I could go out and wear a full like wetsuit and I will still be like wolf whistle. Do you know what I mean? Like I just so sick of the narrative that it's something that we can do to change what men do to us. Men need to change what they do to us. I can't I can't change because that to me plays into the narrative that it is a little bit of your fault. You weren't on the phone to someone else or you were wearing this, you were wearing that. No, tell these men stop to touching me and then we won't have a problem. I, I don't, as much as I understand how helpful these little things can be, I don't feed into, I don't think that they're working because no, men do them anyway. Men will always, and the whole argument about, I remember this happened a long time ago and my one of my old friends, I had a big fight with him because he, there was like this thong that had been presented to a court case. I can't remember where, I think it was like maybe in Ireland or Scotland, but I'm probably wrong. Um, so there was this thong that was presented in court case as, as a piece of evidence that she was asking for it. Um, and my friend at the time, he was like making jokes about it. And like, I understand, yeah, he was young, whatever, just trying to be boyish and funny. But I got so disheartened from it. I was like, I don't understand how you think this is funny. This is completely destroying the lives of women. I don't understand what is so funny about this. Just you're a man. You'll never, you'll never get it. And you, you know, someone could do something to you, and you'll never be able to hold something up as so inappropriate as that and use that as evidence against you. That will never happen to you in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. And this happens to us. Yeah. So no, I don't really play into the whole oh phone someone and they'll. You know, I walk home. If I am ever out by myself, there is a key in between my fingers every single time I am in somewhere dark by myself. Every time, without fail. Yeah. I I lock my door as well in my car doors every time I'm driving home from work, 100%. Do you? Yeah, I lock my car. It's just crazy. Like, women do these things out of habit. Like, Mm. just purely out of habit. Like, um, I, I... I'm always like on call to somebody like my friend or even if I'm like sometimes and I know this might sound a bit dealu but um I'll just do a voice note to myself so people (laughs) think that I'm talking to somebody even though I'm not and like um on Strava um I've bought the premium so I can send like my location to like my partner Mm -hmm. so when I'm out running and stuff like he knows which route I'm going so if I'm not on that route he knows something bad's happened or something like that and like the other day I was running and a group of men ran after me like Mm -hmm. completely ran after me and they all thought it was fucking funny and I was just there like this this is terrifying like, yeah this is petrifying yeah and I'm just like oh my gosh are they gonna like jump me are they gonna attack me and no they didn't thank the lord but like at the time I was just like oh my gosh like this is gonna be awful like four men running after me like absolutely nut jobs like, like I can't no it's horrible and like you said about the whole your location with your partner my location is on to all of my friends on find my iPhone, not like Snapchat maps or anything like that. I have most of my girlfriends location on my phone and they have mine. And the thing is, is that I don't have like a lot of my males, male friends 
on my phone because I don't feel I don't think about it as much you know and they don't think about it either they're not like I went on a date not long ago and I didn't have any reception and I was on the date for a long time it was like eight hours and by like the sixth hour my friends they were so stressed out and they didn't I did tell them the day before I was like oh I'm going to a beach so like I don't know if I'll be able to contact you and I did my find my iPhone didn't work for them for some reason so my friend was panicking and he told his mother that I hadn't like responded to him and she was so angry at me and I was like I understand completely how this looks I didn't mean to but then I thought about that and I was like that's quite scary because I know if that if that was my girlfriend she'd gone out on a date and she, I hadn't heard from her from eight hours on a first day oh my god I would have been driving around looking for her honestly yeah I was I actually surprised your friends didn't just turn up at the beach like Kate they were going to they were going to but I'd replied by the time okay <laughs> but it's so good that you have like friends that like keep an eye out for you like that is just <clears throat> nice like that's really good and yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I hope the date went well, by the way. But <laughs> um, but I'm just like, I'm just like completely shocked. And like, I'm sure that like, when you said that you could create a book about your experiences and your friend's experiences and stuff, like, it's it just shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. And like, in everyday sort of life, it's like, what were they wearing? She was asking for it. Like all of this stuff. And like, it's it's not like you saying a child is asking for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. What are you talking about? You're talking shit here. Yeah. You're actually talking shit. It, it is actually just, oh my gosh. And like, what's the stat? One in, one in six kids. Like yeah. in my primary school, I think I had, so my class was split between, um, 60 so there's 60 people but it was 30 in each class so that's 60 just in my year mm-hmm. so one in six mm-hmm. completely wrong 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 but i know that we're going to be doing another episode and i'm really excited to like get this series out on like mm-hmm. on all platforms and like everybody if you're listening please share far and wide like <laughs> <laughs> it just needs to be talked about and like everything like that so Caitlin do you have anything else you want to add to this podcast no I'm trying to think I feel like I've rambled on a little bit but I think we've kind of got the gist of the importance of this message I, I'm quite happy with it absolutely and I want to thank you so much for like sharing your stories and like you know I actually haven't spoken about my experiences publicly before as well so like thank you for making me feel safe enough to be like listen it's okay girl it's okay we're in this together we're in this together we are in this together and like I've always got your back and everything like that like thank you so much at the end of the day we always have each other's back absolutely and thank you so much for listening if you've stuck around this long (laughs) and um, we'll see you in next week's episode so bye guys